This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Yeah, I guess, guys, so do I. Jim Taddy, something for Matthew Cause. We've got producer Nick with us in. You know, the party has already started. Gameplay, the Festivus edition on TSN 1050 is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams in the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You can do that now. So we got a lot of ground to cover as we head into the uh, the wild weekend. And as I look out my window, yeah, that's pretty wild. It's uh, treacherous out there. Be careful. I was on the highway earlier today, and uh, luckily the, I saw the fleet of plows. So, you know, the... Uh, Transport people are doing all their best to keep the roads serviceable and uh, slick out there. Be patient, be calm, and you'll get there. Uh, you know, don't follow too closely, please. The roads are slick, uh, and I know everybody likes to read the next license plate in front of them, but please back off a bit. So here's what we got to do here. We've got we got a lot of NFL games. Tomorrow is is like Sunday. There's the full slate of games, and Sunday is um, well, there's three games. There's one in each time slot. So there's all kinds of NFL. We've got the World Junior Prep Game tonight, Canada against Finland. we got the Raptors tonight at 7 o'clock. Our pregame starts. The Raptors in Cleveland, and we wish them well getting home. Uh, so pregame at 7, tip-off at 7.30. Uh, Warren Ward, uh, Josh Lewenberg, Paul Jones, and Javon Shepard and me will take you through that. The Raptors coming off that beautiful win at Madison Square Garden. Is there a better place to come out of something like that? And, you know, uh, Pascal Siakam absolutely lit it up, so we're going to ask the musical question, what do you do for an encore after you go 17-25 to 25 and pour in 52 points in 41 minutes? And we were concerned the game before, it was an overtime game, 53 minutes of action, he played 48, and he responded with a 41-minute, 52-point performance, led the way, carried the team on its back, Freddie was there for good support, so we'll see what all that means tonight. But, you know, you just never count the Raptors out of anything. They stumbled through that uh, skid and had a lot of games where they, they could have won. I think maybe 50% of them could have won, and the other 50 were uh, regrettable. But that's just the way it is. Uh, everybody has a downturn, and, and we hope that they build into something nice uh, for the new year. So we talked about the NFL, the Leafs yesterday uh, scraping by uh, the Philadelphia Flyers in the uh, the next gen game uh, at the uh, Scotiabank Arena. Four three was the final. Uh, there's a great clip, uh, Nick. Do you have it of, of Tortsy when he was asked about uh, Morgan Frost? It was obviously his father Andy did the the PA announcing at uh, Air Canada Centre Scotiabank uh, for years, and we actually had him on Yes Guy about three weeks ago. And, and this is Tortsy, classic Tortsy. When you ask him about a player, take a listen. You put Frost up with uh, connecting Fairby kind of the end of the game out there. Was that just based around, you know, him doing well the, the past few games, kind of earning that and earning that opportunity? I thought it was brutal for most of the game. I was just trying to find some offense, and I didn't think we were developing enough offense. Uh, I don't think his game was uh, anywhere near it should be throughout most of the game, but towards the end he gets involved in a few scoring chances, and uh, uh, we get an opportunity to try to win or at least tie. Well, there's Tortsy telling it like it is. Uh, well, you could go either way on that, right? You could say, well, that's brutally honest, and it is, uh, but maybe he shouldn't be brutally honest, which I don't know about that. I mean, honest is honest, right? So if that's how he saw it and, and that's how he gets along with his players, then then that's what he should do. Uh, you know, what are you supposed to do, lie about it? I don't think so. Coming up on the broadcast, our guest list goes like this. At 2.30, Josh Inglis will be by uh, from Covers.com, one of the founders. We're going to talk about the NFL with him. At 3 o'clock, Mr. Christmas, Frankie C. will stop by. And uh, hijinks plan and unplanned. 
when Frankie C shows up. I, I, you know, I'm surprised that he made it. I know he's on overdrive later today. Yesterday, he phoned me up and we had to, you know, exchange Christmas greetings and still waiting for the box to show up. But nonetheless, uh, Frankie C will be by at three and at three thirty, Jake Mintz will be by. Now, help me out with this. Cespedes. That's correct. Cespedes Family Barbecue. The show, it's a podcast and he's, he's really funny. So you'll have a lot of fun with the uh, Mincy on, on the MLB. Well, well, let the listeners decide. Cespedes Family Barbecue. <laughs> That's my favorite of you, you do that day, all yeah. the time to me too because we, we work way too much together with the Leafs and Raptors chat. You oh, do that, that all the time to me. That that's just my classic. Uh, when I did television, there was always somebody just like rim shotting right into the office and saying, "This is a great idea." Well, 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 let, let let the viewers decide that. We don't get to make that decision just to take win. But you know, when these people get too optimistic, I have to you know the Tatman has to just ground them. You know, that's fair. I, I understand being too optimistic, but I I I, I, be, I truly believe in this one. Okay. Okay, so what we'll do is, at, when Jake leaves, I'll say, were you entertained? <laughs> were you not entertained? <laughs> yeah, were you not entertained, right? And then we'll have some sort of a crowd reaction that you'll dig up. And, Perfect. Uh, yeah, we'll maybe, figure it out. Maybe, you know, JP's not doing anything right now. Maybe he could help you out. Yeah, he'll help me out with that one for sure. Yeah, okay, good. Um, what else do we want to get into here? We've got, uh, oh, you know, I was going through all the, the show prep and, and realized when I did the NFL schedule, of course, everybody who works uh, regularly already knows this, but for me, it's, uh, I looked at it and went, nah, Raiders against the Steelers, uh, uh, I think that's what, 8.15 on, uh, what, what night is that? Is that tomorrow night? Yeah, tomorrow night, Saturday. Okay, so that's the, the fifth, well, actually, today is the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, yeah. and of course, when you think of it, they're supposed to retire Franco Harris's jersey and you know put it up or whatever, and yeah. that was the anniversary. And you know, I, I don't know what everybody thinks about what happens when you leave this planet, but you know, the poor guy couldn't get to to, to attend that. He passed away two days ago. It just kind of kind of leaves you with a, a sort of a what? Yeah, it's it's a weird situation because, as you said, they're retiring his number tomorrow. And yeah. the 50th anniversary is today of the Immaculate Reception. They're actually on. On the Steelers' Twitter right now, they're actually replaying the game, kind of, uh, how they would oh. have tweeted it in order, uh, which, I mean, you get credit to them. But I, it's a sad story because Franco Harris... For sure it is. Absolute legend. He, he the, the Immaculate Reception in and of itself is a legendary play that he is solely responsible oh. for. Like if he's not saw it. it. Exactly. So it's it's one of those things that... You wish he could have made it there, especially the fact that they're retiring his number, not just to today, the 50th anniversary, but retiring his number tomorrow. It's just an unfortunate circumstance. Well, I don't want to get on a soapbox, but we've, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes on, whether you're listening to the news or, you know, athletes or whatever, you know, people pass away or people are removed from the planet. I don't want to be blunt about it, but, yeah. you know, I, I think we lose our sensitivity to some of it. And every once in a while, something happens where you go, well, wait, wait a minute. So, like, what was this guy? Does he say, uh, guy, I, I can't go to my own, you know, I have to leave. I can't go to my own jersey ceremony. What is that? I, I don't know. I think you look for some sense in the world, and you just don't find it a lot of times. Yeah, unfortunately, that, that makes any world, sense. No, it one hundred percent makes sense, and I agree with you. I think, unfortunately, the way the world works is that we just can't make sense of it most of the time. That's just how the world is, and we just kind of have to try to make as much sense as we can. Well, um, here's one. There's an awful segue out of that because there is no good one. Uh, the Bruins remaining undefeated at home on the season, improving to eighteen zero and two at the TD Boston Garden. And if you watch the game or you watch the Sports Center highlights, you realize that it was 2 nothing Winnipeg, and, and the Boston God said, no, no, guy, you're not going to lose. The two goals that they got to tie were like, what? 
Unbelievable. Yeah, it's they are destined not to lose at home this year, which is just a crazy stat. 20 games in a row have not lost at home. I mean, if you want to make it Leaf-esque, Samsonov right now hasn't lost at home, but I think he's played, what, five games at home? Six? It's not even comparable. Yeah. That's how good no, this team or, is. Or comparable. Comparable, <laughs> yes. But the Leafs, the Leafs got points in 16 straight games. Correct, in yeah. that stretch there, was it? I, I can't remember. And they didn't even make Something a like ground. Like they, I, no, I well, think they're it, just Boston's unconscious. <laughs> I know, but you know, but Boston, you know, here's the story because we've seen them before. And the first round of the playoffs, oh, the Bruins, what happened? They can't get a win here. They're swept in the first round. Could that happen? Oh, absolutely. Well, well, sure it could. Absolutely. And Now they can't very... win at Boston Garden. What's going on here? Yeah, it's a very, it's a very uh, Toronto take because well, we've, we've seen, seen it way too many times. We've got every reason why it can't work. We've, we've seen every reason. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% there, Tally. It's just funny to see how, how they've managed to put this together when – Remember at the beginning of the season, there was a lot of talk that, oh, they're missing X, Y, Z players. They, their goaltending is a question mark. We don't know how good they're going to be. Um, and, and yet they've just trudged along to the best record in the NHL. Like, no battle with adversity yet. So No, it's, that's it's something. Inc- well, I mean, they did battle with adversity right out the gate because they were missing Marchand. They were missing McAvoy. Um, Bergeron right. was missing to start, wasn't he? Like they were missing a bunch of big name players. Pasternak missed a bunch of games too. I'm pretty sure. Like this team has faced adversity when it comes to injuries, and yet it doesn't seem to affect them. They just keep rolling along. So the ultimate question that comes out of that is: um, Can you name me the team that had the Cinderella run from start to finish and won everything? I'm sure you know, somebody has a team in there. The team that I thought of immediately was the '84 Detroit Tigers, who started the season 35 and five, and just never nobody was ever in their stratosphere the, the whole season, the whole 162 games in the playoffs, not even an issue. I mean, this 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 thing was over. This this baseball season, that baseball season, I was working at Global, and there was a couple of Tiger fans there, and I remember walking around going, "This season is over before we get to May." Yeah, it's and hard. it was. Yeah, it's true, and it's hard to think of a team that has had that much success all season Could long you, with no with no setbacks at all. I mean, can you imagine starting man going? You know, guys, all we have to do is play five hundred ball the rest of the year. What a luxury that is! That's they didn't just have to crazy. burn any pitchers. You know, they didn't have to overextend any pitchers. You just ride it out. Thirty five and five is just a remarkable start. That's stunning. Yeah, it's incredible for a baseball team, and I'm trying to think if I can think of one like more recently. Maybe the Dodgers when they won, because weren't they first in in the MLB? But even they, I don't even think they went through the full season without struggles. Like they had a stretch there that I remember that they were just not good. I think they lost like ten of fifteen or something, and well, just couldn't, something couldn't for them. So- Something for Kaz to work on. He's got most of the week off next week, doesn't yeah. he? Uh, I, find this. I think he's doing more. I don't know. He's He might have most of the week off. He actually might, now okay. that I think about it. So <laughs> I, I wanna, I'm want going to end this segment on, on something a little more serious. Uh, and in the, your headline is, Bruins make new policies in the wake of the Mitchell Miller signing. You know, there's a number of these things that go on after after the mistake. Uh, and I want to believe that um, on, on uh, a lot of issues that really mean a lot to all of us, 
that we don't have to sit there and react to it after it's happened, that there could be things in place in the infrastructure that prevent it from ever happening. And these are serious subjects I'm talking about, but, but it seems to me that, that the lives have to be ruined, altered, or affected before anybody reacts. And, and I think there's a responsibility from, uh, you know, pro sports teams and, and, uh, corporations to make sure that, that everybody's treated properly and that all things are considered instead of, Oh, now we got to do this because you can't have that happen again. Well, it shouldn't happen in the first place, uh, um, right? Absolutely. And the fact that it got to the point where they had not only vetted the player and there was like rumors of them potentially signing him, they signed him. Like, how how many people does that have to go through before you actually put pen to paper with a player in the NHL? There's a ton of people. How is how did it get that far? We we've had this conversation on this show, me and Maddie. How did it get that far? How did no one flag it? I'm glad that they're trying to take the proper steps and putting new processes in place, but that shouldn't have been the case. It should have already been in place. I don't understand. Well, same, same goes for Chicago. In, yep. in that particular story, is like, you know, you should have had um, a, a, an infrastructure in place where there's reviews of situations to make sure they don't happen, as opposed to making sure they don't happen again. Yeah, agreed. And we're, we're also, can, I mean, Hockey Canada, same same issue, right? Yeah, yeah, different, absolutely. I mean, on a different scale, obviously, multiple times, but it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of stuff there that is sort of uh, not given the attention it needs, and, and I'd like to see that change, that's for sure. So coming up next, we'll, we'll go into the NBA uh, schedule tonight, the Raptors in Cleveland, as I said off the top, and, and what you may be interested in on. And then later on, Josh English from Covers.com, one of the founders, will stop by. And I don't know if he's going to be really entertaining. I don't know if he's in the Jake Mintz category, but but he's good. Oh, he's a fun guy. I've talked to Josh before. Ingles is always entertaining, and especially on Fridays, he gets everyone ready to go for the NFL weekend. It's always good. Okay, well, there you go. So, again, I'll have to ask that question. <laughs> this is Gameplay on TSN 1050, streaming tsn1050.ca, also available on the iHeartRadio app. Oh, yes, guy, embracing the odds. Jim Tatis, something for Matthew Class. By the way, yes, guy, the radio show is on its uh, holiday season Festivus break back on January 7th. So just in case you're driving around tomorrow and getting really zipped off at me, I'm, I'm off, so not tonight. But Because we had the Raptors game, guy, almost lost my voice there. So the Raptors are in Cleveland, and uh, probably the better story would be them flying home, but uh, we'll worry about that later on. I'm sure everything's looked after. Well, the Raptors are, what, plus four and a half uh, in Cleveland, minus four and a half. Oddly enough, uh, Nick, what do you think of this game? I, uh, this this should be a high scoring game. It's funny. I thought the same thing, but then they have the over under set at two fifteen, which oh, I, uh, which yeah, I, I that screams over. like a not not a hugely high scoring game. But I'm leaning towards the over as well in this one. Um, the four and a half line, I think, is fair. Based on how the two teams are playing, don't you think, Taddy? Just yeah. Oh yeah, that, that goes down to the end. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, like I could see either one of these teams just getting out big and keeping out big. At this, at, well, I don't know why. I just have that feeling like well, it could be either you know super super tight or a fifteen point gap. I think you know why. It's called Mitchell Donovan Mitchell. But I could see the Raptors doing the same thing and going out. Oh big. yes. Oh, that's what I mean. I mean that's that's the Cleveland side of it. Right, and then uh, I don't know what, how many. I mean, what do you do for an encore after fifty-two points? <laughs> uh, Twenty-two rebounds. I don't know. I, I don't even know what you would compare. Well, there. I think if you went back over some of the other 
other Raptors that have scored 52 points. There, I mean, there has to be a bit of a letdown. But but you know, he, he had. It's like a guy realizing if I do this, we're going to win, and he just kept doing it. Uh, you would expect that others would chip in. I mean, it was really him and Freddie that carried that team offensively. Yeah, and uh, Matt was preaching about it yesterday, but the fact that only two players had free throws is ridiculous. Two players had free throws. I know, I'm just in looking at that game. now. Six, 16 of 18 for Siakam and 4 of 4 for Freddie and nobody else. That that is that is ridiculous. That's that's an insane stat. How does no one else like I mean, for lack of a better term, fall into a free throw opportunity? At some well, point but, someone has to go to the basket and just take contact. But but if you look at the scoring Nobody else did. I mean, only OG had 15 points. I know. I'm just looking at. I'm looking at his scoring. He's one for six from the outside. Uh, you know, uh, Hernan Gomez had four. Uh, Scotty Barnes had two, and they got what 12 off the bench, which is just. I mean, all that. All of that is. If you think the 52 is is an outlier, so's the rest of the story. And if I told you before the game that you would have a combined. Nine, uh, 21 points from three of your starters, combined 21 points from three of your starters, and 12 points yeah, that, off the bench, I guarantee you would have looked at me and said, yep, they lost that game, didn't they? Well, here's another one. Uh, Three-point shooting, they were 9-34 for 26.5%, and they won the game? Yeah, I know. I, I can't believe it. The, every stat that I've looked at for this game, if I was reading it just as that stat, I would have probably said the Raptors lost. Especially because they were playing the Knicks, who were on an eight-game heater of their own. And yet, well, we're standing here talking today, and the Raps had won that game, which is incredible. Well, look, here, here's another stat. 17 assists on 42 buckets. Yeah. Um, the Knicks had 25 assists on 42 buckets. Yeah. I mean, that, that almost suggests that they're not, well, but it suggests that they're not moving the ball around. And guess what? They weren't because Pascal had it. <laughs> yeah, Pascal had it. Pascal had it for sixty well, percent of the know, time, and Van Vliet had oh, it the other forty. All these stats are, are telling us that well, somebody must have hit for fifty points. Yeah, yes, guy, it was Pascal. Spicy yeah. P did. Yeah, that's did why a, all the other numbers are off. And he did a great job. Like I'm not taking anything oh, away sure from Pascal. Fifty-two points is an incredible stat line. Nine rebounds, seven assists to go along with it. He is becoming a number, like a legitimate number one option in the NBA. He's definitely the well, number one option on the Raptors. It's not even a question in my mind. But he's now pu- trying to push himself further, and you can see it's working. Well, he's uh, you know he's uh, usually good for a double double most games, and and flirts with a triple double, and, and he flirted with both in that fifty two point performance, nine rebounds and seven assists. Now you have to remember when we did the game on Monday night, it was a well, uh, let me just do the math. It was a fifty three minute game, right? He played forty eight minutes because it went into overtime. Yeah, he played forty-eight minutes, and we were all wondering, you know, what's he going to have in the next game? Well, guess what? Forty-one uh, minutes and fifty-two points. Yeah, he was he, he was starting on a roll. That's the one thing you you can't tell about an athlete: is he starting on a roll or is he is he ending? You know, forty-eight minutes could finish off a lot of players, but that just got all the juices flowing for him. Yeah, and he played forty-one in the game against the Knicks too. So, will that carry over into the game tonight against the Cavs? Because if it does, whole. Oh. Good luck, Cleveland, because he is hot right now. You aren't finding many players playing as well as Siakam at the moment. I'm just trying to remember. I can't remember the point totals the last time the Raptors played Cleveland, but I know that Donovan Mitchell went off. It yeah, was he, he, he did. He did pretty well in that game. I'm pretty sure. Let me let me pull it up for you, Taddy. November 28th, I think, is the game. Is that yeah, the one? I got it. Okay. So the the Raptors won that game 100 to 88. 
The, Are we talking there, about a one? different game? Yeah, no. I think we're talking Raptors, about different. No, no, the Raptors actually won that game. Uh, one hundred eighty. Oh, was the f- it was the first they won one the we're fir- talking about. Yeah, they, they won the first game of the year too. Yeah. So yeah, they happen to play this team very well, the Raptors. But Donovan Mitchell in that first game went off for thirty-one. You're right. The well, other those, game, those were both. Those are both home games. Now, here's yeah. the other stunning stat: is the Raptors. Let me just turn the page to my Raptors game night <laughs> stats because I've already got it all mapped out because it's a doubleheader for the Tapman today. Four and twelve on the road, and number four was the last game they played because yeah. I mean that's just a brutal road record. That, that is not, not good. Not not the best. No, they uh, they definitely need to have some improvement there if they're going to do anything come playoff time. But we've talked about it. This team. I don't know if they're pushing for this season. I don't know if they're, like, people were talking about potentially tanking. I don't think this team is built to tank. No, no, it's not uh, going to tank. But there's there's lots of question marks up around this team, how they've been playing over the last month or so. I really do hope that they can figure it out, and uh, hopefully we can see some uh, some positives going forward. Okay, I, I, I'm going to dump a, a real quick scenario on you. My, my take on the team is is that they, when everybody's there it's, and everybody plays real hard, it's a hard team to beat. Uh, it's just a question of it can't. That doesn't seem to want to happen on a regular basis. Either one of those two scenarios. Yeah. So it's going to be an it's going to be an uphill climb for them. Absolutely. Uh, I just think their mar- their margins are too slim. They they have to have a lot of things work out, and they can. They're all capable of it. I'm not being negative towards the team. Just doesn't seem to be a lot of flex there in terms of depth. No, you're, you're right, Taddy. And the other thing is that when you play at that kind of pace, like they like to play fast pace, get steals, get oh, up the court. Yeah, it's very hard to sustain that over an 82 game season plus playoffs. So you're gonna have days where you just got nothing left in the legs because you've been running for four straight games. It, it happens. It's just gonna happen throughout the season. Hopefully, you can mitigate those with some wins. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And the other factor is a lot of times they're playing from behind. So they're rallying, and that wears you out as well. But uh, yep. that's the, that's the story of, of where we are going into the Christmas break for them. We'll see what happens on the other side. Coming up next, Josh Inglis will be by. He's the Covers.com founder and betting analyst. This is Gameplay, TSN 1050, streaming on tsn1050.ca and the iHeartRadio app. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. You play to win the game. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Well, they blew up a chicken man in Philly last night. Now they blew oh, sorry to hear that. Welcome to Gameplay. Chip Taddy, something for Matthew Cause, segment number three. Boy, this show's just steaming along, and it's going to get faster now. Josh English is here, Covers.com founder and betting analyst. Josh, how are you today, sir? Tapman, what's up? How are we doing today? Is uh, everybody safe in the studio or what? Uh, not in the studio today at the uh, Yes Guy headquarters, and, and everything looks uh, snowingly well, if you know what I mean. <laughs> no, no, I'm happy. Uh, happy in my own, I'm in my own headquarters as well. So a uh, hat off to everybody who made it into the studio today. Absolutely. Some brought in food that looks a little weird, but we'll we'll get into that as the show regresses later on. Um, Saturday night, <laughs> Saturday night, Raiders and Steelers. The Raiders go into this game minus 2.5. What do you think of this game? Uh, this is an interesting game. It's not getting as much attention for the weather as games like Buffalo and Chicago and the uh, New Orleans-Cleveland game, but it's going to be cold. It's going to have 15 to 20-mile-an-hour winds, which is kind of where we see a digression in passing conditions, 
and we've seen gusts of up to 40 miles an hour. So that's a big deal. We have an outdoor quarterback and an indoor quarterback and Derek Carr playing an outdoor game. And I think uh, we're already seeing the market fall. The under 225 and a half passing yards, that's falling to 219. I think there's a little more room for that to fall as well. We're also getting Kenny Pickett back here for Pittsburgh. I mean, he's coming off his second brain injury of the season. I like how that's how we call it now instead of a concussion, kind of bringing light to it. But this this is going to be a tough one, I think, on both sides. Uh, that's why we're not seeing the number go through to the three and sit at Pittsburgh minus two and a half. But conditions will be pretty crappy and should affect both quarterbacks in this game. Okay, I feel like I'm anchoring Storm Desk 2022. So because of the way the weather's hitting us here, and I assume it's somewhat similar in a lot of the American cities because this is just like a blanket. Uh, in terms of overnight adjustment to lines and all that, and, you know, you wake up and, and by noon tomorrow, there, there could be some adjusting, right? Oh, yeah. Weather comes in and out, especially in a place like Pittsburgh. When we see stuff like Buffalo, I mean, we saw what happened last Saturday night. It was sitting at 44. It went down to 43, got that back, bought back up. It went back and forth. But a lot of the stuff, week, I mean, Monday, basically, or Sunday night, all the value kind of got snapped up on the Cleveland New Orleans game. I believe that was at 37 and a half. The Buffalo Chicago game, uh, a lot of that stuff got bought up. So if you're betting unders kind of at this point, you're usually stuck with the worst number. But even at that point, we saw last night, how bad conditions can be, you can still be on the right side, but you're probably still getting the worst number. Okay, so one more on the Raiders-Steelers game. What do you make of the Raiders? Like, How bad a story is this? I mean, they both have the same record, but the Raiders are shaded a little worse than the Steelers, aren't they? Uh, I think that they've struggled with Josh McDaniels and the coaching. I think they've struggled to maintain leads, which is something good teams do. I think if they didn't have Josh Jacobs here this year, who's running like a man possessed, they would be an even worse team. Uh, but this is this is the week to week. This is any given Sunday or any given Saturday night. And, I mean, we're getting Mitch Jabritsky's out and we're getting Kenny Pickett back. The Raiders could easily win this game, but the conditions are bad. This is an indoor team. This is not something that they're going to feel comfortable for, and that's reflected in the line at Pittsburgh now minus two. So there has been a little buyback on the Raiders' side. Okay, let's shift to Sunday night, uh, a.k.a. Christmas night. Um, we've got the Buccaneers taking on the Cardinals. Uh, it feels like the Bucs should walk over the Murrayless cards, but is that really the case? This, is, this will be the uh, – if Tom Brady loses this game – this will be because we, we hear it week to week. Oh, he's done. He's, and then you get some people like Carlo who are like, no, he's not done. He's still there, but he's losing all his bandwagon jumpers. And if he loses to Trace McSorley and Arizona as a seven and a half point favorite this week, then um, there's going to be just a constant talk over the holiday of Tom Brady should hang it up. And he should beat them. He should absolutely beat them. Mike Evans looked good last week. He looks spry. He's got a receiving total of 49 and a half yards. I like the over. Uh, this actually projects as a really fast game, whether you like it or not. Tampa Bay just passes at the highest rate. Tom Brady's going to set the record for most passes thrown in a year. They should walk it over, but there's a really big point. Adam Chernoff brought it up on the Simple Handicap podcast that this game was Colt McCoy, and the line was at six and a half. Trace McSorley comes in. This line moves across the seven to seven and a half. 
don't really think there's that much of a downgrade between Colt McCoy and Trace McSurley, who will be making his first NFL start. But I just think the move from six and a half to seven and a half might be a bit much. And I don't think I want to lay seven and a half points with Brady anywhere, especially on the road. Well, I mean, let's sort of wrap up the Brady stuff this way. Are, are we showing, you know, the, the, you know, this, this future Hall of Famer too much respect? Do you think we are? I, I, I think so. I think he deser- I think he deserves it more than anybody else. He's also been put in a situation where his offensive line can't run block. Uh, this is the they're passing the ball at seventy percent. You're asking Tom Brady and his forty plus year old arm to throw the ball forty five times every game. He's not put in a very good situation here. Uh, maybe if he was on a different team, it would be a different story. But when you're relying on Tom to win your games at this age, maybe that's something more or less to do with your play calling and uh, maybe your system. Okay, let's uh, go over to the Monday night or, or the Boxing Day night game, as we like to say here. Chargers taking on the Colts. So Matt Ryan has been benched for Nick Foles. How does this impact the Colts, uh, Colts props? And with Taylor, uh, can we expect anything from the Colts offense? So this is this is another funny one. This is like when we're looking at projections, benching Matt, Matt Ryan for Nick Foles really isn't doing much for either side. But the one issue is, and another good point that Chernoff brought up, that Nick Foles wasn't practicing with the team. He was a scout. He was on the scout team, so he's had no reps with the Colts starters. That is a big deal, and that's why we're kind of seeing this four and a half for the Chargers slip up. And right now, actually, it's at four. So we're seeing a little buyback on the Colts, which is funny. I mean, Taylor's out. Derwin James, who's the heart of the, the Chargers' defense, he's questionable. It looks like on paper two teams that are obviously going in different directions. Can the Colts come back after what happened last week? That was disastrous. The Chargers are, are stealing their season. They're getting healthier. Everybody's back. Keenan Allen's getting 15 targets a game for 89 yards. Mike Williams on the outside. Austin Eckler as well. And Joshua Kelly. There's a lot to like with the Chargers. Uh, but we're seeing a line go back to four, which is really interesting. I like the Chargers on this side. But it will be interesting to see just how much Matt Ryan held back this offense when Nick Foles comes in. He has nothing to lose. He could certainly sling it if he needed to. And honestly, Zach Moss and Deion Jackson uh, in the backfield helping out instead of Jonathan Taylor, not a huge downgrade. They'll rotate. So there's certainly some things to look for there. Look for a big game from a man, Keenan Allen, though. He'll man the slot. We saw what K.J. Osborne did to the Indianapolis Colts last week. I mean, Kenny Moore, the slot cornerback, he's questionable too. So Keenan Allen could certainly go off in this game, even though he's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. But, hey, indoor game. We finally get a nice indoor game here. Yeah. Uh, Josh, let's go over to the uh, NFC wildcard race. Dallas obviously in. But of these next five teams, and I'm going to put Green Bay in there because I'm a one-share owner of the Packers. I'm putting the Lions in because I'm a lifelong Lions supporter. So I, I got all my personal stuff covered here. Uh, the Giants, Washington, Seattle, Detroit, and Green Bay. Who gets in? Oh, goodness. What a, what a put me on the spot <laughs> question. Uh, you asked me this question because you don't know how to answer it either. I don't. That's right. Detroit, like, I know, but Detroit, I can only trust Detroit at home. Jared Goff has proven he's just been like, an elite quarterback playing indoors at four field. The Packers could come back. They're getting healthy. Their defense, their secondary is decent. I mean, Washington, yuck. I, I, I don't know. I wish I knew the answer. I, don't, I wish I could give you 
a $10 answer right now, but I think that's the question. After this, after that, what's going to happen? And to be perfectly honest, I don't know. Seattle could fall off the face of the planet. There's a lot of teams that could make moves. I mean, yuck, Carolina. Carolina could still win the division if Tampa loses out. There's a lot There's a lot going in an ugly NFC, uh, but getting that buy is pretty big. So it'll be interesting to see what Philly does if they just kind of rest hurts going out the way. And uh, Dallas, oh, Dallas just let it go last week versus Jacksonville. They could have made some noise, but... I mean, they definitely, everybody was on him last week, and now, I don't know, they just kind of lost a bit of momentum, but they can certainly pick that back up. The okay, Niners, I'm going to rephrase this. The Niners, like the Niners, it's disgusting how good San Francisco is defensively, and they, <laughs> they're doing it with Brock Purdy. I, I, they're right now my favorite team in the NFC. I'm going to rephrase this to give you less stress with your answer. In the in the oh. AFC, from from the teams that are in the cluster under the cut line for the wild card, who do you like to, to climb that? With the, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, Jacksonville and the Chargers, I think, are two teams that just look like two good playoff teams, and that's just by competent quarterback play. And I think it goes a lot further when you see the other teams at the top. You see Buffalo, you see Cincinnati, uh, you see Kansas City in the AFC. These teams win games. Their defense might not show up week to week, but their quarterback can certainly win them a game every week. So we're seeing the Chargers just go on a tear now. We're seeing Jacksonville, after a bad stretch, starting to believe in themselves. They, they go into a terrible outdoor game uh, last night and pick up the win. So there's a lot more to like from the teams, the fringe teams in the AFC, than the, the fringe teams in the NFC. That's uh, to make a long answer longer, Taddy. That's my answer. <laughs> All right, Josh, you have yourself a great weekend. Happy holidays. All the best. Yeah, thanks, Taddy. Uh, good luck with the next segment, bud. Okay, yes. Yes, guy. <laughs> okay, yes, guy. That's right, because jo- even Josh knows. He must have the lineup in front of him. Yes, guy. No guy is next. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050, streaming online, tsn1050.ca, and the iHeartRadio app. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? Embrace the odds. I want winners. Yes, guy. No guy. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, drivers and passengers, first of all, keep your eyes on the road. Second of all, give some space to the car or vehicle in front of you. Now, time for the totally authorized, and it's okay to do it, yes, guy, no guy, on the gameplay show on TSN 1050. Go ahead, sir. Well, thank you, sir. And uh, we we talked a lot about the Raptors um, before Josh was on. And I have a yes guy, no guy for you. Yes guy, no guy. OG Ananobi might be the second most important player on this Raptors team. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say no guy. I, I think it's a, um, uh, it, you know, it's Pascal, OG, and, and Freddie are, you know, it, in various games, uh, you know, one will do more than the other, and, and, and that's okay. But but that three-headed monster, uh, without that, without the three of them uh, all in unison, and you could throw Scotty Barnes in there as well. You don't, you really don't have the Raptors. I think those three guys lead the way, and Scotty will join the uh, the threesome at some point when he reaches the next level. Yeah, How does that work? Does that make any sense? So, the, so that was a no guy, but with a proviso. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it was fair statement that's why i asked the question it's a tough one like who yeah. is the second it most is. important player on the raptors like by far and away well, i think siakam's number one right now but who's number two well the last game it was freddie but in other games it's been og and, and scotty is in there for honorable mention he's in his second year and he's going to be a little more consistent uh, as time goes on yep 
uh, and he'll, he'll learn how to do that. So I, I think that really you need, and, and that's four guys, so that means that the, the fifth starter, in this case Hernan Gomez, and it, and it rotates, it's been Coloco, a uh, bit of a void that way since uh, Trent Jr. is on the coming off the bench. So that's something that's a, that's a bit of a negotiable thing for me with the Raptors is the uh, the, the rotating fifth starter. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's kind of, And it also is tough because having a rotation in that fifth starter role is never something easy because you've got a new lineup going out every day. You can't get that comfort level, right? So it's tough. Well, yeah, and it's it's based on the matchup. But they, they, they just don't have the regular guy yeah. there, which is something that we didn't think about when the season started because it was Gary Trent Jr. and yeah. everything looked good, but Fair. it's not that way anymore. Very true, very true. Uh, flipping over to the Maple Leafs, they've gotten Uh-oh. some fantastic goaltending to start the season, although as of late, hasn't been as good. But defensively, they look, they have looked really, really good this year. So yes guy, no guy. This is the best defensive version of the Maple Leafs we've seen in the past 25 years. Oh, okay, so you're talking about team defense, right? Yes, that's team defense. The, the, team that's defense. the five skaters on the ice? Yes, team defense. I would say yes, yes, guy. I, I would totally agree with that. Um, uh, and even the uh, the Fab Four get their goals, but it's not like I think in the past. My, the way I describe it is in the past, we're like we're going to play this way and we're going to win. Um, no, guy, you're going to play the way the game wants you to, and you're going to win, which is what they do now. They take care of business and win the game, as opposed to we have to play this way to win. If, if you know what the difference is, one is you need the stylish goal, and you know we're up three nothing. We got the game one. That's the, the leaps of the past. This team is in the moment. I, I really like this team. I agree. It's been very impressive. Um, I know there was a couple teams in the early two thousands that had really good defense. Even last year's defensive play was actually not bad. But I agree that this team is just defensively sound right now, which. I wasn't expecting to say going into the season, and I well, definitely wasn't expecting to say when you lose four of your top six defensemen. Exactly. That was the that was the moment that everybody was ready to push the panic button, and, and yeah. look what they did. Yep. And, and still included. are doing. <laughs> and still are doing in, in some rights. Um, yeah. Sticking with the Maple Leafs, Mitch Marner has had an incredible season, 23-game point streak. He seems to be firing on all cylinders playing alongside Johnny T., but his defensive game is also very, very sound, playing a lot of pedally kill. Is yes guy, no guy, Mitch Marner is one of the finalists in your mind for the Selkie Award? Oh. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Oh, I'm going to say no guy at no the guy. Uh, wow. risk of the ire of Leaf fans. Uh, I just, uh, boy, that's a tough one. It is I don't a tough look one. at him that way, but but that doesn't mean he's not that way. I mean, it, I, I think the way you described uh, his defensive responsibility, you would also uh, put that on Austin Matthews, who's many times the first guy back. I mean, I, I think what they both developed is the the, uh, the 200-foot game. Uh, which they wouldn't have been accused of in the past. So I'm just going to say that I'm enjoying that what he's doing, but but I don't think it's uh, he's going to garner a lot of votes that way uh, across the league. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Flipping over to the NFL now because there's a lot going on this weekend. So huh. want to get want to get locked in early. NFC. It is a four-team race in the playoffs by the looks of it, with the Eagles far and away number one at the moment. But you have three teams at 11 and three or 10 and four respectively in the Vikings, the Cowboys, and the 49ers. Yes guy, no guy. One of those three teams will actually represent the NFC come the Super Bowl. Okay, so let me go through this. the, the four teams you mentioned. 
one of them will represent? Yeah, so you have the Eagles. They're far and away, but I'm saying one of yeah. the other three teams will represent the NFC. Oh, Cowboys, not the Eagles. Vikings, yeah, not the Eagles. Cowboys, Vikings, or 49ers. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say no, guy. I think the Eagles are full value for where they are. And we, when we did uh, stuff in the summertime with the NFL analysts, when I was uh, guest hosting on this show, <laughs> a lot of people had had the Eagles flagged as as the team, and I was a little skeptical. But boy, they said at 13 and one, they're full value. Yeah, my only concern with them right now is how bad this Jalen Hurts injury is because he's not playing this weekend against the Cowboys. If this is a lingering shoulder issue, because I'm pretty sure it's his throwing shoulder, I'm pretty sure it's his right shoulder, that could that could come into play in the playoffs, don't you think? Well, it could, but you know when you have to play the game, most guys know how to get that fixed, so they play the game. I'm just looking at their, you know, the Niners might be the best shot against them. What do you think? I agree with you, actually. I was going to pitch yeah. that as my yes guy, no guy, but I'm like, no, that's too yeah. easy in my head. So 49ers have looked so good as of late. I know they had the success with Jimmy G. He's now out. They have Brock Purdy in. Jimmy G might come back for the playoffs, and we've seen what he can do in playoff games. They're a dangerous team right now, especially with the way that defense is playing. The other team, I'm, I'm, and I'm not, I'm not uh, throwing them into this. I'm just intrigued by, and again, it goes back to one of those preview shows we did in the summertime, yep. where Minnesota has all those the, the analytic approach, and boy, has it worked! I didn't, I didn't know what to think of that. It has, but Mike, the, the, okay, yes guy, no guy. Do you trust Minnesota at all? No guy, because the Lions <laughs> beat them. <laughs> but like, I don't, I haven't heard any analyst lately legitimately say that they can trust Minnesota come playoff time, and it mostly comes down to one man, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, well, that's... Until until we see him do it, I don't think anyone can trust him, unfortunately. With you on that. Go ahead, sir. That's all I got for you, Caddy. That's it? at the end of the segment, yeah. Oh, we are? Yes, Wow, where did that hour go? I know, crazy. Well, let's replay it, and then we'll get out of here. No, we can't do that. Sorry. <laughs> well, we got Frankie C. coming up next. We can't replay Mr. all this Mr. Christmas, I, he sent me his lunch, and I already, I already slammed him for what he was eating. So we'll get into that <laughs> next. Frankie C., Mr. Christmas is next. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050, streaming online, tsn1050.ca, and the iHeartRadio app. This hour of Gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 